and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Chocolate Puma podcast. It is I, your boy, the Chocolate Puma, and I will be honest with you, this is going to be a very, it's going to start off very depressing, so I apologize. Um, on the day that I am recording this, there is currently an attempt, an attempted coup of the U.S. government going on by uh, terroristic Trump supporters. There's no other way to put it. These guys are terrorists and they're being treated with kid gloves and it's, it's making me furious. We just lived through a summer where people were protesting um, police brutality and uh, inequality in policing. And they were met with such extraordinary shows of force, uh, tanks, um, paramilitary gear, uh, rubber bullets, curfews, uh, just all types of violence, tear gas against people who are who are nonviolent. The worst thing that could you could say happened was some windows got broken at a Target or a CVS. And today they just allowed these people to storm and take the Capitol. And I'm looking at some of the photos of it, and these people are laughing and smiling. One guy was walking out, and he was carrying a goddamn podium from the floor of the U.S. Uh, of of the uh, congressional floor there. And it's like it's a fucking game, and it is infuriating. It is so infuriating, especially on a day when hope was so high this morning. I've not felt this hopeful in a very long time, um, given the events of last night. Today, Joe Biden was supposed to be uh, have his uh, victory officially certified. But these assholes, and they were emboldened by the Cheeto-in-Chief, Mango Mussolini, a fucking terrorist is what he is. They were emboldened by him to storm the Capitol, break windows, climb in, in, in the hopes of starting a, a revolution? A revolution of what? Like he lost. He lost by millions of votes. He went and he filed lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And he kept losing because there was no fraud. There was no glitches in the Dominion system causing votes to go from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. He lost. He got fucking washed. And he can't get it through his thick skull that he lost. Or he can't admit it. Or he just doesn't want to face what's coming from the Attorney General of New York. Whatever his reasoning. He sicks these, these domestic terrorists on sitting members of the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives, and people are still calling them protesters. Like, at what point do they become terrorists? I've watched during Ferguson, where there was a line of police officers armed in SWAT gear, guns drawn. And what were they drawn on? They were drawn on a young woman in a sundress. And these assholes storm the Capitol, and nary a person <laughs> has a gun drawn on them. There's no tear gas. There's, it's so infuriating. 
And I'd never, ever want to hear any of these people, anybody who supports them, I don't ever want to hear them say blue lives matter. Blue lives don't matter to them because today they didn't listen. They kicked over police officers. They disobeyed orders and they still didn't get any fucking bullets in the back. Breonna Taylor was in her house asleep. Her banging on the door, got up and got shot. And the only charges that were filed was because one of the bullets went into an apartment next door. Eric Garner was possibly selling uh, cigarette, loose cigarettes. And he got murdered on the street. Nothing. Tamir Rice was playing in the park. Police rolled up on him and shot him like an animal. Mike Brown was walking down the street and he got shot and left in the street like an animal. But these fuckwads can roll up into a government building, an armed insurrection, a treasonous act. Nothing. They're asked to politely leave. And that is infuriating. <laughs> That is so that's so fucking infuriating. You know, I'm going to move on to at least one of the positive things I was going to talk about. Uh, last night uh, was the U.S. Senate runoff election in Georgia. And hot damn, they did it. The Democrats took both seats. Mitch McConnell's reign of terror is hopefully over forever. And this turtle face bitch can move <laughs> to the back of the line. It was it was a close race. I don't know why it was close because both of the, uh, the both of the candidates on the Republican side are they're, they're scumbags. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, you've got um, Kelly Loeffler, who, who boy, she's a uh, she's a real piece of work. She was appointed to the seat, so she's she was never um, actually chosen by the people of Georgia. But on uh, March 19th of 2020, after she, uh, she, uh, she attended a private briefing um, of the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions on the spread of the coronavirus before it was alert, before the public was alerted to the severity, she then began selling off stocks in companies that were vulnerable to the COVID pandemic and made several million dollars. Those stocks were sold on January 24th, the same day she attended that private briefing. And between January 24th and February 14th, her and her husband sold between 1.2 to $3.1 million worth of stock in 27 companies, while buying stock worth Four hundred fifty thousand and a million dollars um, in companies that develop remote collaboration software. So she sold out <laughs> her people. She sold out her constituents and made millions, and it was still a close race. <laughs> like it. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's running against um, Reverend Warnock. Reverend Warnock, 
Um, he would lead sit-ins at the Georgia State Capitol. Um, he, uh, you know, from 2017 to 2020, he chaired the New Georgia Project, which was a organization that focused on voter registration. Um, and he's just a fairly uh, liberal guy, um, supports expanding the Affordable Care Act. He wants to, uh, for good reason, um, he wants the passage of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which would be a, a beautiful tribute. Um, he's an, a, a proponent of abortion rights and gay marriage. He opposes uh, concealed firearms, <laughs> saying religious leaders don't want guns in place of worship. He opposes the death penalty, um, even advocated for Troy Davis, who was uh, executed in 2011, despite evidence that support his innocence. Then on the other side, you got David Perdue, another Republican who made a shit ton of money, basically selling off stock using, he was a part of the Senate Banking Commi um, Committee, and he basically proposed deregulations that would help his stock in banks that he held stock in. Um, he <laughs> famously uh, skipped out on quite a few debates after his opponent, John Ossoff, uh, the 33-year-old from Georgia, uh, just completely roasted him. And I might throw in... <laughs> the the best roast like debate in person i've ever seen in my life like he calls him a crook to his face and he doesn't mince words like he uses the words like you're a crook <laughs> uh let's see here he on january 23rd he sold over a million dollars worth of stock um and a finance firm weeks before its shares fell significantly. Two days before the sale, uh, the CEO of that company sent Purdue an email mentioning upcoming changes, then later said that he sent the email to the wrong per person. They, the Justice Department investigated this and said that he didn't do any insider trading, but come on now. John Ossoff, on the other hand, worked as a national security staffer, was an aide to Hank Johnson for five years. Um, he got a master's degree at the London School of Economics. Uh, he was an intern for John Lewis. He ran um, for the House of Representatives. He lost that race, but it was a much closer race than many people ever expected a Democrat to be. And I kind of, I think that's what kind of propelled him to run, um, to run for Senate. And he ran an amazing campaign. He did. Um, he stuck to his points. He didn't get into like pointless name calling. Um, <laughs> in July, it was funny, uh, Purdue got, I guess he got so shook that he ran a Facebook ad, which, uh, made Ossoff's nose to be larger in a in a cartoonish fashion, if you ask me, um, which Ossoff said, you know, and rightfully so, said was one of the most classic anti-Semitic tropes. Um, Purdue's campaign, again, said, oh, we, we didn't see the image. 
And that was done by a vendor. And then they pulled the ad, but I didn't think the damage was done. Um, so good job by those guys for running great campaigns. Um, I will say that their victory has already been incorrectly um, credited to Bernie Sanders. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. There was a tweet, um, but it's not just one tweet. Uh, I've seen a couple of articles, a couple of talking heads make this point. Um, the tweet that kind of set me off was Senator Bernie Sanders single-handedly flipped the Senate by championing the $2,000 relief, which is absolutely, it's just not true. Like, I'm sure that, you know, Bernie, you know, say champion in this, this effort is, you know, it's great. It, it certainly helped, but it completely ignores all the work that Stacey Abrams and other grassroots organizers did in the run-up to the 2020 election, the New Georgia Project sent out 1.2 million text messages, made 2.2 million phone calls, knocked on over 370,000 uh, doors to motivate voters to register to vote. And so this is Stacey Abrams' organization. Um, the person who does the day-to-day -day running of it, um, I apologize, I'm probably gonna butcher her name, uh, N.C. Ufat. She's the executive director of the New Georgia Project and the New Georgia Project Action uh, Fund. Um, she came over, um, immigrated from Nigeria to uh, Atlanta um, and just, she's just been a machine. Um, another uh, Black female leader, um, Melanie Campbell of the National Coalition on Black Participation. Um, then we have uh, Helen Butler. Um, she is the executive director for the People's Agenda. Uh, we also have Tamika Atkins of Pro-Georgia. Uh, that's Georgia's nonpartisan voter engagement advocacy organization. Uh, they increased the vote share of just underrepresented and um, mem uh, social uh, underrepresented voters in Georgia. Basically, um, we also had, and you know, excuse me if I'm going a little bit slow here. I wrote all these names down because I feel like they each deserve their flowers. Um, Latasha Brown, uh, she's the co-creator of Black Voters Matter Fund, an electoral organizing group that keys in on voter registration. And last but certainly not least, there's Deborah Scott of Georgia Stand Up. Note, none of these people are Bernie Sanders. These are all Black women. Black women, um, I don't want to say they saved us all. Um, I think they saved it's not on them to save the country. They, they've been the, the driving force, I feel, behind all of this that's happened, turning Georgia blue, um, getting these two corrupt-ass senators out the paint, and in return, getting Mitch McConnell out the paint. So I think they've started a, a beautiful template. Hopefully, 
states like my home state, Mississippi, which I believe is statistically the blackest state in the union, um, can, you know, follow this lead and help turn that tide around. Louisiana is another state. Like, these are states that can be had. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be where I end. Um, I wanted to have a little bit of fun celebrating the win, but you know what? Not really in a fun mood right now because it's a load of bullshit. <laughs> it's a load of bullshit, you know? Um, so uh, hopefully by the time you everybody hears this, uh, there will be some answers that these people have to deal with. Hopefully they don't just get the, you know, go home and go back to their normal lives. Um, I'm scared that's what's going to happen. But, you know, kind of in a pessimistic mood right now. So until next week, folks, I am your I am your host, the Chocolate Puma. I'm signing off. Be easy. Take care of each other. See you next week.